Maybe a five. That's a good. That's, that's a perfect way to sit on the perfect size fence. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you, Brian? What's going on here? So basically, I like Stoke. <laughs> I also like West Ham. <laughs> Alright, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Francesco. Gentlemen, we morning. are back. Good morning. We are back for another transfer window pod. We haven't done morning in a long time. Don't lie to people. Good evening, gentlemen. Right. But hey, if you're listening to this on the train in the morning or... Oh, good point. You know, while mowing the lawn. Could be an early morning flight. That's exactly right. Saved in your podcast feed. Then good morning to you. We're an accommodating pod. Let's get to it. We're recording this on July the 10th. (laughs) Big things have just happened today, but as promised, we have come back for our July edition of our Transfer Window podcast this summer. We've done a variety of content as we wait for the Premier League matches to return. Last month, we looked at the, I believe it was 26 signings that had been made up until that point of that podcast being recorded in the month of June. Did we look at all of them? Yeah, 20 of them were from Watford. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Dave. Do you I mean, just... so many were probably so insignificant. Dave, do you just want to preemptively apologize on this podcast for all the time we might spend talking about uh, Watford and Brighton? It was, it was that pod where I just was like, yes, yes. Listen, it, uh, podcast, fantasy soccer podcast nation i will do my best when scott and brian are talking about needless <laughs> to break it up and move it on podcast nation is more probably more like a borough sure podcast podcast county could be podcast a t- village might be a pa- town podcast at, at biggest podcast town <laughs> What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about the 23 signings that have taken place since that June transfer window pod. We will evaluate the fantasy significance and maybe some other things about those 23 signings. We won't give equal time to all of them uh, to help assuage Dave's concerns here. But we will go through the important ones. And so without any further ado, let's get into it. Let's get into the transfers. On to the transfers. On to the transfers. (laughs) As we did in June, let's begin with the top six clubs, and we're going to begin with Dave's. So in June, when we got together, Steven Lichtsteiner and Bernd Leno. Bernd, Bernd, Leno. Yeah. Just say Bernd. Defensive signings for Arsenal and new manager Unai Emery. He's made a couple of more interesting ones as well. Socrates Papastopoulos. Socrates, man. Come on. Papastopoulos. Papastopoulos. Yeah. I think I missed a syllable. Hold on, Brian. Oh, did, you, did you say it appropriately? Papastathopoulos. 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 Yes. Papastathopoulos. No. Papastathopoulos. Look, how about we just call him what his friend... Socrates, okay, one name. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang calls him, and that's Papa. He just calls him Papa. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. He calls him Papa. But he goes by Socrates. Socrates? Sure or Socrates. I'm sure it's a derivation of, but yeah. Defender. Dave. Arsenal. Let's we, call him Papa. Let's run right into this. Dave, you want some Arsenal stats from last season that let's you'll bring it. that you'll hate? 
I love hateful stats. Courtesy of Fantasy Football Scout. This sure. Is the source on this, at least. I'm sure you can I like find it. Other, I'm, I'm like sure you site. could find it other places, too. Sure. Arsenal conceded 70 big chances last season, which was the worst of the top six. Is there a stat on how many were on Mustafi? <laughs> no, but I can tell you that it was twice as many big chances as Manchester City conceded last season. Not the, Again, not the worst in the Premier League. You know what they were worst in the Premier League on, Dave? Yeah. 15 errors that led to goals for Arsenal last yep. season. That was the worst in the Premier League. Yep. I, I, it doesn't surprise me. And I am very excited because I think that crap won't be happening anymore. You say that. It, consistently. And yet we, we debated whether or not the Licksteiner signing actually did much to help the Arsenal defense. Does Papa's presence actually move the needle on improving Arsenal's I defense? I think this does. I think it does, too. I think he starts. He's an immediate starter. Right. Does well, he start in your fantasy lineup? Well, fantasy Premier League is saying, like other places can, uh, that he can. And, of course, it comes down to all of the all those underlying stats that help with bonus points. I think the thing is, for them, Dave, and this is what I was going to ask you, can anyone else on the Arsenal roster as it exists now, including Koscielny, who's going to be out probably until at least December, can anyone beat this guy to a starting spot in central defense? Koscielny, I think you just referenced, will, will not be back till maybe no December. No until at right. the minimum the end, so, of the end of the year, and he's already not a guy you're probably counting on. So Socrates... The cool thing is, is the, the FPL prices came out a couple yeah. of days ago. So we know that he has currently, he's at a 5.5. Yeah. Along with all the other Arsenal main dudes. Most of them are. I tell you, uh, a sneaky guy who might have a chance at, at starting. Man, I hope it's not Mustafi. But Callum Chambers, listen, I know it's crazy. And they also have another Greek guy, young Greek guy, Mavropanos. <laughs> Mavropanos. Thank you, yeah. Scott. Um, that guy. This is not an Arsenal podcast, by the way. No, no. But that guy is is five zero, and Chambers is four point five. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't care about any of that. Here's what I want to know. Right. I'm, Will I'm, Papa start, be yes. relevant for your fantasy lineup? He's okay. Fine. Right, so he might on, improve on, the Arsenal defense, but is the Arsenal defense worthy of putting anyone onto your fantasy lineup? It's too early to say, but I know this. In Emery's, Brian, your statistics are spot on, and I would never argue with any of it. <laughs> Brian, your statistics are spot on. Obviously, oh, not you, arguing Dave. with any of it, right? Oh, thank you. But look at Emery's past with Sevilla and in his past before that. But Dave, he's in England now. He is. but the Toughest league in the world, Dave. Yeah, Dave. He has made it. Obvious that he is focusing on tightening up the defense. Sure, has I've he seen done videos that? of has him. Has he done that? Well, we don't know yet, well, Scott. Dave, does well, this? You're supposed to predict. Dave, does this help? Do I you? think so. Absolutely. I think Arsenal defense will absolutely be better than last year. Do you think? No, no, let me and I'll tell up. you why. All right. Yep. They got a little five foot five secret weapon that we haven't mentioned. We'll get yet. to him next. All right, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being likely, 1 being not at all. Okay. In the first 10 game weeks, what's the chance that you're going to own Papa in your fantasy lineup? Ten Game weeks 1 through 10. 
Maybe a five. Hmm. That's a good. That's, that's a perfect way to sit on the perfect size fence. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you, Brian? What's going on here? So basically, I like Stoke. <laughs> I also like West Ham. No, you're a hammer. You know it's true. I do like the hammer. All right, so we're on the fence about Pop. Well, you sound so, like you're a little bit more hey, excited about Lucas Torreira, though. Well, I think what it, it's the same thing that we we mentioned with Fabinho for Liverpool. Okay. Um, and what Conte does to other Chelsea players. Mm. Uh, I'm not. I won't be owning Torreira. Okay. Okay. He is. An, he's a Lucas Torreira signing. The Most, other Arsenal. Some signing. people could have seen him play for Uruguay. In the World Cup, mm-hmm. he is the type of player who frees up other guys to do other things because all he wants to do is literally park it right in front of the defense. Mm-hmm. He doesn't move. He doesn't go upfield. You don't have to worry about Ramsey making runs. You know, playing right in front of the defense a- or Wilshire. abandoning entire zones. Yeah, leaving the defense out to dry. All this guy does, man, is sit in front of the defense, and uh, and and he's he's decent at free kicks. Uh, as well, and, and he takes some corners. He might get some assists. I wouldn't expect to start him in fantasy. But well, what I think he does to other people is increase other value, and I do think he's the type of player that makes Papa worth very possibly owning and or the other Arsenal defenders because of what he will bring towards the chances of clean sheets. Do you still want to leave it at a five? I'll go six. I won't get. I'll get off the fence, Brian. All right. You'd say Brian, more, six. more likely than not that you will I just at least don't like, think about buying him at some point in the season. Great. Well, here's we the thing. It. 5.5, who's he up against against 5.5? Well, he's in your own team. It's I would say right away the name that sticks out to everyone right in their face is not John Monreal. Well, and or Bellerin. Right. As much as we wanted to poo-poo Bellerin, at the end of the right. year, what, he was top eight? A, Bellerin finished right? with a really strong Which fantasy is dumb. point total last season. <laughs> I, I get it. Listen, no one hated on that more than me. But Bellerin's the kind of guy you got to buy him game week one. Just throw him out there every week. Well, well he doesn't get hurt much. So, well, but, and I you'll mean, finish with the eighth best defender. If he's starting over Lich, uh, Lichsteiner, then he is, Scott. You're right. The type of player you just put out there. Just leave it. Right. But well, you're not going to own Bellerin and Papa unless Arsenal does something correct. unexpected. That's or unless you are correct. an absolute full kit wanker gunner <laughs> right. son of the chairman true. and you and you had them put not even me does that right there's um, enough op- offensive options anyway you got three max correct. gunners you're gonna play two that's true options. and honestly if anything that would be the one angle that like yeah. if you really wanted a gunner take take someone more offensive well, and look you're we can get more into this as the we get closer to the start of the season at five and a half dollars you're looking at you know not only your overall team makeup, but that's a that's a a bit of a you know now you're getting into that. This is a little pricey for a guy who's unproven. I, I agree. haven't seen him yet. I agree. And Harry Maguire is the same price. And yep. you know some of these other names that we can like Seamus Coleman and Leighton Baines are both five and a half. Like you have guys who are proven entities in the Premier League. Where you're yep. saying, I and agree. I'm not, I, I, yeah. Leighton Baines is like forty four, right? True. Yeah, but. Also, Big Sam is gone, so his one antagonist yeah. is not on the team anymore. So, <laughs> all I'm saying is, you have guys. There are other people. You had me at Seamus Coleman. Yeah, right. sure. Uh, we buried the lead a little bit in the name of uh, this pod and uh, one of our hosts here, Dave, by starting with Arsenal. So we'll move to the champions next. Oh, Manchester City finally making their first signing of the summer. It was actually announced today, as yeah. we record this, Riyad Mahrez, midfielder from Leicester. I, we know a little bit about this guy. 
This is interesting because he's going from a team where he's it, right? I mean, yeah. everyone kind of catered to Mares, Brian. Whatever Mares was right. feeling, whatever he wanted. So he's going into a team where he's just now a guy. Yes, he's one of many, many options. So and he's And he is, uh, as I saw with at least one, uh, one description of where he might fit in, that he is in the Bernardo Silva competition side of the field. As in... Hold on, but who was Bernardo starting over? When right. Everyone's healthy. There was He was not. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's probably bad news for someone like that. The question is now, when you have that midfield where you'd say there are two guys that are... If, if things hold true to what they were last season... There are two guys that run the midfield, David Silva and, and DeBrana. Right, right. And then where are you buying Raheem Sterling to maintain or, wherever he is going to be? Or Sané. Right. So the But it's those wingers, it's the guys that are playing out wide who are then able to cut in whatever side they are playing on. Mm-hmm. And that's the question. So where it, it, And so then, the, yes, it's that. Which side is he going to play on? Is he going to move from left to to right to get onto his right foot? Right. And then, uh, is he okay with that exact question? Is he okay being not the man? You know what's interesting? Raheem Sterling having a deep run into the World Cup. I'm just remembering back to last World Cup. Uh, I know with, with uh, Germany won the last World Cup, so Arsenal had Ozil, Mertesacker, and Mustafi uh, all with like a, a really delayed mm-hmm. comeback from that. In, in fact, I'm not even sure they showed up for training until the season had already started. They're required to get a two-week holiday. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I'm just looking at it, and I'm thinking, man, you know what? Mares might be actually playing. Sterling, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow when they play Croatia. But regardless, they're still gone deep into the World Cup. And even so, even if they lose, they're still playing the third in the third place game, which is meaningless. Yeah. Who knows if Sterling would actually play in that? The subs probably would. I don't know. Regardless, that actually might open up a place for Mares to play because obviously we know Sané's healthy, I, but for like a week. Listen, a happy Mares is a very good producing Mares. No, I hate. I. I do you want to say something, Brian? Before I just take over this part. <laughs> no, all I want to. All I want to say is that that I think this. I think it's a it's a uh, a rich get richer scenario. That's true, but I think it sucks for him because I think you're you were so good when you had the opportunity to be the man, and now there is zero chance of you being the man. You will play this system, or you're going to suffer for it. So I hope you find a place to fit in. Do we know what what his wages are? Has that been announced? It's Undis- not Ronaldo's five hundred thousand pounds per week. Undisclosed. Well, I mean, they, the purchase was sixty million, which you know, as I think transfer Sky said, it, yeah, 60, the transfer yeah. fee was sixty, but which they said, you know, that's significantly less than what Leicester was demanding. Didn't Leicester want like eighty? They wanted Lester, eighty. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So I don't know. I it's like to me, I think you're right. I I agree. I don't want to, but that's the thing. I don't want a guy who's going to be his performance is dependent on his happiness. I'm I mean, definitely I, not. I, I I owned him last year at times, and I'm definitely won't be owning him unless I 
I won't be owning him. I won't be owning him to start the season. Unless there have been significant injuries where you know he's going to play. True. I, I mean, I almost said, well, maybe if I know he's starting. Yeah. But we all know with Pep, especially in the beginning of the year, who the hell knows what Well, Pep's the assumption, too, I mean, I, he's $9 at, at currently as a Leicester player. Yeah. So I would guess that translates directly over. Is there an inflation bump for his move yeah. to a, a, a higher prestige club? Nope. Um, Doubtful. Has there been a? Has there been? I mean, other than like Alexis Sanchez, Alexis didn't. His his value didn't bump up by moving from Arsenal to Manchester no, United this season. So I, yeah, I just. I feel like it's in that amount of money, you know. I and given everyone else that's there, you know, great for Manchester City, but I I have a feeling I would rather I would rather start the season with David Silva than I it's, would. With it's him. really interesting. So they. I would absolutely rather start with Dave, David Silva. Uh, he's starting the year eight point five. Right. You know what Sterling's starting at? Eleven. Eleven, which is crazy. Is, that is. I mean, great. He started at seven five, I believe, last year, maybe eight, and he was easily one of the most ownable guys most of the year. Yeah. Uh, so that this starting at eleven instantly kind of calls that into. Do we have an issue with that? Can I just share my thoughts here for a minute? Yes. Yeah. Of course. So the eternal, don't say that with disdain. Yeah. No, I mean, I was Please. thinking it. Please. Oh, come on. Come <laughs> Please on. share your thoughts. You know what? Fine. We'll move on. No. no. Oh, no. We, everyone must hear I can't, it now. I can't keep this in. Sure. All right. So the eternal optimist City fan is thinking, well, Pep's buying him for a reason. He's going to add value. All right. There's a reason Pep's buying him. There, the, He's got something to contribute. Pep has a place for him. Um. You know, the the semi-optimist is thinking, hey, you know what? Rotation, smotation. It didn't matter last year. You had a City player. They still scored tons of points whenever they did play. It sucked from week to week sometimes, but hey, you're going to get points. Maris is probably going to score just as many here, even if he plays eight fewer matches. Then you have me. I hate it when guys who are superstars... For their clubs, as you mentioned, Brian. Yeah. Decide that it's worth something more to go sit on the bench half the time mm. for a quote unquote higher club, elite sure. club, top six club than it is to play every single match for the club that I'm currently on. Yeah. I hate this. Riyad Mahrez just made the biggest mistake of his career 100%. The biggest mistake of his career. And he doesn't have to go very far to find a guy who you he can see made a similar mistake, and that's Fabian Delph. I was gonna say I was gonna bring that up. Now Fabian Delph like lucked up. He fell up into the England squad for the World Cup. But that guy doesn't hardly play for Manchester City. No. He, hardly ever. He's a token English player, is what he is. He he's, he's a meet the quota English player. That's exactly right. And we it. we called it that yes. when he signed for them. He played every match for Aston Villa when yep. Aston Villa was in the Premier League. Right. He goes to Manchester City, doesn't do a <laughs> thing. Right. We've got another guy in the Premier League who's about to make the same mistake, and I'm going to be even more furious when it happens. Wilfried Zaha just turned down 120K a week yeah. oh, with man. Crystal Palace. That guy is setting himself up Please. to go to a top six club. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. I, I'll take him at Arsenal. Come on. And that's come, fine. Come on over, Wilfred. But let we, me ask... Amari's not going. He's not going back to United. Right. We know that, sure. right? But here's the thing. He's not going to Chelsea. 
when you make 120000 a week and you play, you get to do what it is that you're getting paid to do every single week. He's like the man to and a And you're palace, the right? man for your club and you're part of the country. And I like Palace. Palace is a little yeah. like, if I had to go with and support another club, Palace is easily that club. Why would you turn that down and go to a club where you're going to sit on the bench half the time, maybe make a fraction of a percentage more for your salary, be less happy, and not get to do what it is that you love. I just don't understand. What are the rumors? Honestly, I don't know. I haven't seen any rumors on where he wants to go, but the fact that he turned down that salary is a bad sign for Crystal Palace. Well, if it's based on who wants him, it could be Dortmund. It could be Everton. That is the main rumor, right? It could it be Dortmund, and yeah. it could be Tottenham, and so that's so. So let's great. say let's so, yeah, say Zaha goes great. to Tottenham. Who like he's going to play two thirds of the matches? Whereas right now for Palace, he played every no. single match. No, no, no. Son can't even get in the starting lineup half the time. Zaha's not going to get it any better. Yeah, but who who is Son competing? I mean, Zaha's better than Lamella. Who's Son competing with? Right? I mean. Who, son was competing with Lamella for playing time and Musa Dembele. Okay, Zaha easily gets in there. Son was not competing with Dembele. Son was not really even competing with Lamella. Hey, this is not a Spurs podcast either. Oh, gosh. I just love to see guys stick to squads, stick to clubs where they star. Yeah. I mean, Mares won a title. You know where he should go. He won a trophy with he Leicester. Should've, he should have gone to West Ham. That's Yeah. We'll get to them. Interesting. He, I just... Maybe, maybe, hey, people, maybe that's where Zaha's going. Well, well, but still, it's a it's a London club. It's a it's a lateral move. When will these guys understand? I don't know. I agree that it's better I, I, to be the man for your club than it is to be just another bro on one of these top six clubs. I, I wish where you're going to be stagnant. It's going to it's going to make him stale at a point where he should be in the prime of his career. Riyad Mahrez is going, he went nowhere near my lineup last year. I banned him from my lineup. There actually did have a principal. I know I kind of sold out on most of my principals. Shut up. You but kept you, one principal last well, year? When Mahrez decided to be a diva baby and go ahead and go okay, AWOL so, for a week and a half. And, and this is what I, what I was going to bring up. We do know that there's a diva baby living in there, right? Mm-hmm. And we need to move on because there's a lot more to get to. But City's a big club. Mahrez is, is a big, big name. Signing, yeah. So there's a diva baby in there. What happens... When he's not getting the PT that he wants, That's playing right. time. What happens when he gets a playing? When he's not getting the playing time, and he ends up being just another Bernardo Silva into our just another. Oh man, I hope someone else gets hurt so I can get maybe, some playing maybe. time. He's going to be less of a man than Bernardo Silva is. That's for sure. Maybe winning will be enough. I don't think so. Winning, winning watching, a title, watching the winning. Yeah, watching, watching the winning, watching one third to two thirds of the winning, and having a blast in the EFL Cup. Hey, you know what? It's great to get paid to watch <laughs> your team win, but I don't think anybody really wants that. He's not going anywhere near my lineup. I'm right. sorry. Can you really like? Do you no, really I agree. believe? This is 100. He's not going anywhere near my lineup. Do any of you believe? And I never agree with you. Can you guys honestly say that Manchester City got better with this signing? No, they absolutely did not. I think Brian, you already no, alluded to that- it. That's it's, what, it's, that's why I feel like it's it it's weird how depthy yeah it feels yeah and that's a great that's word exactly depthy right. yeah I just I just think how's he how's big baby gonna be yep. when he's not getting the playing time yep. for a guy of his quality to step into this situation if you want a guy that's you know if you're filling out a, like I said if you're filling out a roster of you want to have a, a a 
important Premier League match quality lineup for every single match you play, no matter yeah. what cup it is, no matter what competition. This is perfect. If if you're just you know, otherwise it just feels like this guy is really good, and we know that. Let's buy him. Yeah, yeah. and Agreed. he's not going anywhere near my fantasy lineup. And no, I don't like Riyad Mahrez as a as a person based on what I know about him through what I see and through the media and you know all of that. I just, but 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 my rant above everything else is about how these players are just making terrible mistakes as it relates to their careers. Yeah, he like he is going to stagnate, and I hate that for him as much as anything else. There's only one other signing uh, among top six clubs uh, since our last pod, and that was by Manchester United. Uh, they have signed a pod favorite. Mostly yeah. because of his very American name, despite his English heritage, goalkeeper <laughs> Lee Grant. Hey, anytime you can have two Civil War generals, listen. They, I know he's name. English, but he's going on my All-American team. At uh, the preseason. Lee, Lee Grant doesn't get much more American than that. Uh, By the way, there's only going to be like five guys on my All-American team, so I've got to get guys like Lee Grant into the squad. Yeah. It, if you add European uh, players in there, other than just Premier League, you know. We, well, it, sure, but FPL, I'm I know, a little limited. I, know, I'm I think saying. this is just a, a smart, quality backup signing. Yeah. yeah. It, a, a guy we've seen who does a great job. Come and play some cup games. Yep. In the in the off-weirdest, bizarro chance that De Gea hurts himself for more than a few weeks, you yeah. have a really quality dude to step in there. Listen, his pride better, be, uh, better, better get fixed yeah. after that terrible World Cup that he had. All right, let's move on to Brian's uh, favorite club, even though he won't admit it, because they've made a couple of additional big signings. We talked about Ryan Fredericks from Fulham and Lucas Fabianski from Swansea in our June transfer window pod. They've made two more signings since then. Let's start with the big one in terms of uh, what we know, uh, because we've been following the Premier League for a number of years, and that is Jack Wilshire from Arsenal. Yeah. Look, Brian. First of all, can I just say... When we talk about West Ham, Dave, part of me wants you to include a stop hammer time drop yep. in front of all West Ham <laughs> from discussions. On, from now on, that's however, happening. That's also the part of me that wanted to go on a spree of liquor and convenience store robberies in the mid-80s, so that part of me deserves to be locked up. What I'm saying is it's a bad suggestion from the worst part of me, so do whatever you want. But here's the thing. I have been following the Premier League for just a handful of years. I mean, that's not true. For about a decade now. And when clubs make a, a, quant a high quantity of major personnel changes. Mm -hmm. It typically does not bode well. Yeah. There's chemistry issues. Right. Uh, you know, it takes time for that to come together. You know, Lucas Fabianski is a great signing for them, you would yeah. think. But I mean, been there, done that with West Ham. It seems like every right. year they're signing six quality guys. Yeah. And both of these signings, I mean, we talked about it before, but both of these signings, I feel like it's exa it's exactly that. Like a, a, if you're a Hammers fan, cross your fingers because it seems like this is, in a way, not too good to be true. But like, please let this pan out. And this is different than like, like signing uh, Pablo Zabaleta or uh, or Joe Hart exactly. last season. Like, yep. in a way, there was kind of the feeling of 
okay, great, you got guys who are who have the experience, but this is not like it only took a few matches for it to be like this this is not really helping us. Wait, this is 2017, 18. Right. This is not working. Jack Wilshire, and Dave, we'll get to this because you have the experience here. The only reason why I feel like this could be a big deal is one, Manuel Lanzini. His his ACL injury is an estimated 15-month recovery. Yes. So 0% chance of him playing this entire season. Sky was reporting yesterday the club is listening to Checo, uh, uh, Sheiko Kuyate offers. Mm-hmm. They are also willing to sell Michael Antonio. Mm-hmm. They've already announced that. That leaves Mark Noble, Pedro Obihang, Arthur Masuaku, who's been reclassed this year as a midfielder, and Edamilson Fernandez as the Hammers midfield. Jack Wilshire coming in at prime age. I was going to say. So he's 26. I get injury history, but this is uh, pr- yeah, massive oh, injury you history. You can't just gloss over right. injury history. Well, hold on here. a second. But what I'm but the oh, the the but on that is not just injury history. Robert Snodgrass is probably coming back to West Ham. Interesting. Given I it was I was going to say could be, but it's more like probably given the financial situation at Aston Villa. And we know Marko Arnautovic has been reclassed also as a forward. $5 for Jack Wilshire. Compared to the other guys that are $5, compared to the other people you could put in as a last budget guy. Wilshire's in the midfield at 5 $5. five dollars. Okay. okay. This is this is this is uh Ruben Loftus cheek last season. Yeah. Coming into a situation where Except it, he plays very different than Ruben Loftus-Cheek. But sure. I, here's the thing, though. Wilshire was at Arsenal. Wilshire, Wilshire was at Bournemouth. He was not fantasy relevant for either clubs. So that $5 price tag is not uh, as crazy as that seems. And, and I just said so because that's right. I hadn't looked. Because it's crazy. It's, it's low. Yeah, $5? Exactly. Are you serious? But at the same time, before you say, what great value, let me stop you <laughs> and say, Wilshire doesn't score fantasy points. So five dollars is not, and five. I recognize that this is five pounds. We like to be fast and loose with the money sure. terminology here, but that is more probably a reflection of the fact that he's never been fantasy relevant, right? Not a great value. Yeah, and and he doesn't score uh, points. And, and the other thing too, you know, as well as anyone else does, this is a new manager with who's buying who has 75 million pounds to spend on players who is premier league proven right and so he's buying guys that i'm sure like this signing and i just said why this is a, a a signing that matters for them like they are like the injuries here are uh, last season were terrible but you also didn't mention ryan fredericks another oh, midfield right. signing he's there too sure. yes and he's probably gonna play yeah i, I mean, think fernandez is not gonna play no, I wouldn't guess so. Well, look, this is what I want to say, and I have a Jack. I have, yes, I have I, three I different Arsenal kits. One of them has a Wilshire on the back. Okay, one of Arsenal's best kits, the black and purple stripes. Mm-hmm. They were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back when Nike had the contract and not Puma. Uh, one more year of Puma. One more year, and then we go to Adidas. Puma. Right. Jack Wilshire at peak. Jack Wilshire. Is a really good player. Obviously, it's well noted. His history is laden with with injuries, right? Mm-hmm. 
But Bournemouth, he almost played the entire year. And last year for Arsenal, he was not hurt until very late in the year, and it wasn't serious. Yeah. Well, he, I, I was he gonna, was available and played most of the and year. And I was going to say, he had a goal and three assists in his 12 starts. Right. 20 total appearances, and most of his minutes came between mid-December and the end of the season. And I would have said, too, looking at just the minutes, yep. I would have said that had more, the, the Europa League roster selection had more to do with him playing or not playing at the end of the season the same way it would have impacted anyone else. Yep. Because he was playing regularly 90 minutes between December and February. I like Jack Wilshire. I hate, and I feel like almost every Arsenal fan will tell you this, I hate that his injury history is what it is. I completely get the new manager with no, f- and, and this is was Wenger's problem. Wenger couldn't cut the ties with, with players. He did with Wilshire. This is West Ham's, in my opinion, benefit. He's able to stay in London. He's able to go to a club and play for a manager who knows what he's doing. Assuming he can stay healthy, man, I really, really, really like this for West Ham. Yep. I will say this is an example of a guy who recognized that he was not getting the opportunities at a top six club. And he's 26. Prime that, of his career. Yep. Yeah. And he's willing to go somewhere else. Granted, he's staying in London, so it makes it a little bit easier. But he's willing to go to a quote-unquote mid-table club to get more playing time. He is the anti-Mares. And for that, I should applaud him. And I do. Yeah. I yeah. do. That's a great... This could be a great career decision for him. Yeah. But to the, the extent but there, that but if it's this risk, is... But it's, there's risk for there, fantasy purposes. Well, sure. I'm not going anywhere near for fantasy. Right. No, I mean... Maybe like I am always drawn to West Ham because West Ham's fun. Yeah, they're the they're the epitome of a two two result, and that can be good for fantasy if you get Marco at the right time or Antonio at the right time or Cresswell. Never Cresswell two oh, two. There's a two in there, Brian or uh, yeah. Dave. Never dude. Cresswell. Fabianski's in goal now. The the they got another signing that we mentioned we got, in we got June to talk about Diop. So let's talk about Issa Diop Diop. Club ahead, record, Ryan. club record signing, defender. Club record signing so far because they're poised to break the record. Well, as everyone keeps saying, Marko Arnautovic, his extra, his bonuses could push him to twenty-five million, which would be still higher than what they paid for Diop. But and they're poised. That to would be to, that would be uh, a legitimate club record signing. Like right, Marco is proven. But to they're poised to break the record again soon this summer if they sign Felipe Anderson from Lazio. We'll probably be talking about him in our August transfer podcast. Diop is the... He's, also known as our preview pod. The t- <laughs> our the, season preview. He's now the tallest player for West Ham. He's 6'4". Uh, the thing that everyone is pointing out for him that is of significance is that he was captain at Toulouse. That's very as a twenty as a twenty year old was That's chosen really was chosen to be a captain. Um, I love players like that. The West Ham West Ham's official page, as they were you know talking about him, uh, one of the significant stats they put for him was that he averaged two over two point two interceptions per match uh, in League One last yeah. season. By comparison, for Premier League per- comparison, that's about what N'Golo Conte averaged. In it's really the, good in the Premier League last season, and that was the best of players in the sure. Premier League. He's starting the season at four and a half. Wow, uh, I like and, that. And jobs four point five, four and a half, nearly a certain starter. I was going to say he's got to be. He's starting. a near certain starter. 
uh, Ogbonna would be the other assumed starter. And you could, again, what about you, Reed? Look, you look at the roster. So Winston Reed had that scary injury, uh, the scary injury in March where he got knocked unconscious, leg bent back, okay. all that stuff. So he's had knee surgery, still rehabbing. The last time Pellegrini talked about him said that he hoped he'd be able to return to training this month. Okay. But so even still, this is not like he's definitely going to come back and he's the definite starter. Ogbonna had a shaky match already in their preseason tour. That and as Hammer fans saw in that in that match, Diop looked great. So this is you know whether it's just like you know early early optimism for a guy that's you know you hope is going to you know pan out whatever. Still, it's a presumed starter here. How how old is he currently? Twenty. Twenty. 20 he was captain of his team last year. The other He's guy 6 foot 4. The other guy is Declan Rice, who we saw a little bit, you know, yeah. off and on. So future is uncertain with Declan Rice because the club offered what most uh what most Hammer fans are seeing as an offensive 8,000 pounds per week. Seems a bit light. Right, for a guy that that as as multiple accounts pointed out uh Reese Oxford makes twenty thousand a week. Andy Carroll makes ninety thousand. Reese Oxford's still on the team. As one fan collective account reminded hilariously, they called a thirty-seven-year-old donkey Patrice Evra was making seventy thousand. Was seventy thousand a week was offered to Patrice Evra. That's embarrassing. So Declan Rice was one of the other guys I think was hopeful that would be kind of anchoring the defense. Either way, this is a guy that's coming in to play. This is a guy that's coming in with. Uh, a lot of uh, good performance behind him, and I think everyone's really excited about Diop. I like it. But you want to put it into a scale, likelihood of owning to start the season? I mean, yeah. Again, you're a club, you're a defender. Let's do this. Three. Oh. Like, it's the same as a lot of other guys. I, it's not It's not that he's not, oh, yeah, it's but not, that he's not good. Ryan. I love a good four point five defender with exactly. upside. I I would have Jop in the six along with Fabianski. I listen. I West Ham defenders sign me up for some for West Ham defenders are dirt cheap, and I because think, they're oh really? We'll see. We'll right. see, Scott. I'm not saying they will be. I'm just saying up until this point, yeah. that's what they have. Yeah, been. they had Joe Hart in goal last year. <laughs> Now they had the brick wall. the bench. And the other thing too, the first ten weeks or so of West Ham's schedule is it or, tough? Is I spot, it's spotty. Okay. So they have they have matchups that you look at and you say, oh, that's not as bad as maybe the Premier League's color scheme makes it look, but it's not great. <laughs> so that for, you know, I said the first. I think it's the first eleven matches. Okay, are, you know, you say are hit or miss. But I will but be that's eyeing. What, that's what backups are for. That's I will why be, you have a second. You're guy. right. I will be eyeing West Ham defenders, Jop and Fabianski as goalkeepers. I will absolutely and Cresswell. I'll absolutely be eyeing them. Let's move on. All right, I'm going to move on to a player that we know because he played for Swansea City last year in our June transfer window pod. We talked a lot about Martin Dubrovka being a uh, signing for Newcastle after being there on loan for half the season last year at goalkeeper. Newcastle has now brought in from Swansea City midfielder Key Sung Young. Great real football signing. Kind of indifferent fantasy. Agreed completely. I, I, I think that's exactly where it is. Key was always middling for Swansea. 
He's going to be a good squad guy for Newcastle. For what it's worth, John Joe Shelby is thrilled with this signing because they played together at Swansea and had a good connection with him. I don't give two... I do. John Joe Shelby. I do. Nearly England... National team quality midfielder. Only in the media. Only in the tabloids, man. John There's Shelby. no way. John Joe Shelby was thrilled with this signing. $5. Hold on. Over five under 2.5, the number of attempts on goal that go out for a throw-in from John Joe Shelby next year. Over <laughs> under 2.5. Shelby watch. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, over I, is the only answer to that question. He over. Is, he is $5. In a midfield with Christian Atsu, Matt Ritchie, John Joe Shelby, soon to be Kennedy, who's coming back on a season-long loan. I was going to say, is he on loan, or is he going to be starting for Chelsea? Did they re-loan him back? back. Kennedy will be back on loan. It hasn't been finalized, so he's not going to be in this pod. But yes, he is definitely coming back. I did not know And he will be in the uh, non-Chelsea Chelsea Good for Kennedy. Good for Kennedy. Yes. And good for Newcastle. And good for Newcastle. Again... Which of those names did I just say that you're like, oh, yeah, going to be in my roster? None. None, but Christian Atsu was a fifth midfielder for a lot of people right. last year. If they stay the same price, if Matt Ritchie's really cheap or something like that, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I mean, you... I you, got burned on the Matt Ritchie thing early last season. you think about it, but that's as far as it's going to go. I think you'd think about it. We're going to stay squarely in the mid-table, although this club was very bottom of the table last year. Lucky to still be in the Premier League. And so they're making some moves. Three good signings. Well, I guess we can debate good. Sure. But three significant signings since our June transfer window pod that we need to discuss. Southampton, the Saints under Mark Hughes. Let's start with Stuart Armstrong from Celtic. I think this is the same. Uh, It feels like another guy who... Uh, club targeted coming from a uh, maybe a, a, a prestigious outside the Premier League club, but I don't think I want to really do anything about it as fantasy Premier League. What is his cost? He's five and a half pounds. That's interesting. Twenty six years old. This is why it's interesting. He's twenty. I, I like his age. His age is coming into a prime. He's coming from a good club. Right, Celtic is a good club. Uh, he had he's had some goals with them. I'm just saying, I'm going to keep my eye on this. Right, I'm l- going to keep my eye on okay. this. I love a, I love a sure. fifth midfielder. Sure, who plays five and a half is a good price for a fifth midfielder. I agree, but is he going to score points? Well, I'm not sure about if that. Dusan name, Kodic couldn't any score of these guys. Points. Name a Southampton midfielder who has been a consistent fantasy threat. For the last five years. Well, that's impossible. Because they don't exist. Exactly. So, Stuart Armstrong. So, how about throw out a stat that's reasonable, Scott? Okay, okay, well, okay here's a stat that's reasonable. Mark Hughes is still the manager. <laughs> now, that that's is the st- best reason you could have said. You're, you hate him. I'm not a fan. He makes squads rot. He doesn't make clubs better. He does initially, and then they rot from within. He might be... I mean... Southampton didn't really respond to his leadership last year. They, they stayed up in spite of Mark Hughes, not because of Mark Hughes. So, no, I'm not going anywhere near this one. Sorry. That's fair. All right. What if, what if I tell you he's a box-to-box midfielder? Yeah, Does no, that change who, your fantasy okay. prospects? He scored 17 goals two seasons ago. That's great. Yeah. 
That's amazing. It's great, but that was in the Scottish Premier League, which has one and a half good clubs in it. Sounds like La Liga, Dave. <laughs> really does, now that Ronaldo's gone. Let's move on to their forward signing. This is also pretty significant. Next. No? Oh, okay, no. Okay, no. You're not I'm a just, fan I just, of... I just heard Southampton and forward, and I just immediately turned my brain off. <laughs> Mohamed El Yunusi? From he's, actually, he's actually listed as a midfielder. I was going to say, that's the, is he fir- listed that's as a the first wrinkle is that he's listed as a midfielder. That's and, not right. And, like another team we'll talk about, he comes in as the most expensive player on the team. Wow. He gets to be a new signing and the most possible expensive. What's his price at so midfield? If he Josh Six Kings, and a half dollars. If he Josh Kings his way into some things. Will he Josh King his way through the Southampton season? Prediction. No. No, because I doubt he's better than Austin, Gabby Dini, or Shane Long. But so. they're forwards. Yeah, but I think he'll be playing in a forward position. If he plays. Doesn't that make playing. him more valuable? Yes, if he's listed as a midfielder, getting clean sheet points, because he'll luck into a few of them. I just don't think he's going to be starting in front of Austin, Gabby Dini, or Long. Now, there is some Why value. Why not? Why not? There, there is some value Do there. Do you really think that there's... Value. Value. What? Value. <laughs> he might luck into some clean sheets. I doubt it. We're as a midfielder. Here's the thing, man. Austin was not a Mark Hughes favorite. He did not play at the end of the year under Mark Hughes. Gabby Dini is not good anymore. And Shane Long is Shane Long. Shane Long is Shane Long. Maybe he plays every match. This is a Mark Hughes signing. Listen, I'm not I, I know it sounds like I'm trying to talk myself into buying El Unusi, but I'm not. Did you but really at the same say that time, properly? I have no idea. We'll but get to at some point this season. At the same time when he Josh Kings his way into seven goals in the first seven weeks. No, that's interesting. There are reasons why. He could be interesting, but at the same time, am I? Do I think he's going to do that? Am I going to go anywhere near him? No, probably not. All right. So let's go to their backup goalkeeper now, Angus Gunn, signed from Manchester City. Best name in the league. That's not true. That's not true because I'm sure Omar Nias is still in the league, right? <laughs> That's right. But it's a great name. All right. Fair enough. And no significance at all. So we'll move no. on. All right, last time we spoke in June about transfers, Watford had three of them, and Dave got mad that we talked about them, Brian. So let's kind of whisper this, okay? Okay. But at the same time, the first guy that we need to mention is really significant, Ben Foster. Ben Foster. That's worth worth The Ben Foster. Not a different one. Yeah. The Ben Foster who's coming home. It's like LeBron going from Miami back to Cleveland. And then LA podcast something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, look. Is he? Do you, you count on Ben Foster to beat uh, what's his face, Jorelio Gomez? You expect that he's going to win the starting job for Watford? Yeah. Why do you buy Foster when Gomez is your goalkeeper? Um, I don't is know. Gomez now a backup in the Premier League? Was his injury that bad? I don't know. I feel like this is uh, how I much feel like better we, is Ben Foster? How much better is Watford with Ben Foster than with Jorelio Gomez? Four and a half percent better. However many, uh, however, I think it's more than that. However many dollars he is in fantasy Premier League percent better. I think it's probably at least fifteen percent better. Really? Is, yeah. Is Watford's Ben Foster 
just as worthy of being your backup goalkeeper, which we spent a lot of time talking about in June. As, at you, as, West Brom, as West Brom. As West Brom's yeah, Ben Foster was. I think so. Really? That's a, yeah. I think it's about the same. Foster's 4.5. Right. Is he being brought in? Gomez is still there. Is Foster being brought in as a starter? I would think so. He's yeah. got to be. So here's the question. We didn't know prices in June. We do now. Let's do Bravka's price. Because we spent a lot of time talking about how Dubrovka's we five. love him as a backup. Dubrovka's five. Okay. So Foster's cheaper. Yes. Well, you got a decision to make there then, right? I think so, yes. Dubro- you know who's, who's 4.5 is your boy Elliot, Ryan. Rob Elliott's not going to play. No. So let's get back to real My meaningful boy. things. Um, interesting to me that Foster's been on, in the last 16 years, 12 different teams. Wow. And he's been on about 12 of my fantasy teams, too. Right. But usually as my backup keeper. I just don't know that I'm going to go there. I really don't. I don't trust Watford. Not when Fabianski's 4.5. Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> All right, let's briefly go ahead and mention the other two signings for Watford. Adam Messina is one. He's coming from Bologna. Not a chump club. Nope. Unless you're Dave. And then Ken Sima from Sweden. Look, I'm trying to get rid of my hiccups. Yeah. And so that's the only reason why I'm not commenting for a few minutes. Okay. Well, it's convenient so that we're you, talking you about You take Watford. advantage of <laughs> me not being able to comment. Uh, do either of these signings matter? Is this like just Watford defender guy? I just, and- yeah. I mean, my feeling is like the midfield. I mean, I feel like it's just it's just a bunch of guys. Watford has made six signings this year and very I don't think any of them have major significance. They're still going to be twelfth place at best. Yeah. Uh I I yeah, I just think they did I mean they signed a ton of guys last summer too. And, yeah. And under different management because every year they have to have a different manager. And some of them were very good and some of them were average and will hughes is still there and they have guys and i think that's it and right. i don't want to make dave angry talking about watford again but you're not going to own any of these guys i really don't gonna. think so no let's go to huddersfield briefly uh, a guy that was a pod favorite on many occasions last year is uh, now an official signing for the club entering this upcoming season he jonas 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 lersel Good Goal signing. Keeper. Good job, Huddersfield. So he was on loan, and now he's signed? Or they just re-signed him? No, he's a signing. Oloso was now officially signed, but he was on loan last year. Is that correct? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> yes, he was loaned last year from Mainz in the Bundesliga, and now he is officially a Huddersfield Town player. I think that's all we need to say. Good job, Huddersfield. It's interesting. I feel like going into the season... There are a lot of goalkeeper options for your two goalkeeper spots in your fantasy sure. lineup. But part of that is because a lot of the transfer activity has been a goalkeeper. Yeah. Clubs are building from the back. There's no question about that. And maybe when the World Cup's over, we're going to see a lot more forward thinking, so to speak. You see my pun there? Can I, can I ask you guys a goalkeeper question? Which is more likely for you, especially given, the say, the pricing here of Lursel at four and a half? Which are you more likely to do? Have two goalkeepers who are four and a half dollars or have one really expensive guy and a really cheap guy? That's hard for me to answer because my typical strategy is two cheap goalkeepers. Okay. And to then to play matchups with right. those two. Um, 
now in our June pod, I did talk about like a De Gea Dubrovka kind of pairing, right? And so I might go there. It's possible that I'll go there, but typically I like to maybe add in like like I'm all about having a a trifecta up front, uh-huh. uh huh, a, a tier one striker, maybe two tier one strikers and a tier one midfielder, or at least one tier one striker and two tier one midfielders. I like to have three there. And when you do that, it makes it really hard to get anyone who's tier one in defense or in the goal. So I'm going to have to look at that and see. I have never, ever owned a five and a half plus goalkeeper. Okay. Ever. But, you know, maybe that's something I need to take a look at. So honestly, my... You know, my actions say two cheap, two cheap goalkeepers. Yeah. I would lean that direction as well. I would look at, I'm going to look at uh, schedule and World Cup players okay. going into the season because I know how that affected things last time. Because you build your game week one lineup, not for the whole season, like we said, we've said before. Build it for game one. But for game week one. Yeah. And, yeah, that's exactly right. and Scott, the, the nice bonus that, Praise God, we finally get is uh, the transfer window closes before week one. That's exactly right. So there's no we guessing know. games. That's right. That's right. There's a bunch of things that are now solidified before match week one. As I put on our blog on fantasysoccerfc.com this past weekend, it's what's nice about the whole Eden Hazard situation. Like, we're not going to wonder what's going to happen with Eden yes. Hazard when the season starts. We're going to know before the season starts. Chelsea's either going to sell him or they're not. Yeah. And so you're either going to be able to transfer him in or you're not. Which I, is I, interesting. The transfer window closes about 30 days from today. I'm That's just right. looking at, I'm looking at Lursel and, you know, these other guys that are four and a half dollars. And I just think, you know, last season they, I don't think anyone would have expected them to necessarily finish uh, at the definitely at the bottom. Like they're like all the newly promoted clubs were all gonna you know the those three teams were gonna have the three worst goalkeepers or something like that. Yeah, but I don't think anyone expected Matt Ryan no nope. and Losel to end up in the top ten. Losel had in the top five. Losel at a at a four point. Losel at a four point five. Yeah, had ten clean sheets. Right. And so that's why I'm looking I, well, at Well, but to be fair, he also gave up like four goals in several matches. I mean, it was feast or famine for Huddersfield Town last year. But if you owned them and actually played Lursel, like over the long run, you did okay. But from week to week, it was a total lottery whether or not you actually got points from him or not. But, but to your point, Brian, to answer your question, if the definition of value includes actual points, not just cheap prices right but actual points there is value to be gained at the goalkeeper position yes for sure so then the question is which ones do you own i think you can get away with having two five and sub five priced goalkeepers and score a ton of points yeah i'm just looking at these guys and just thinking like you know you got uh casper schmeichel jordan pickford carius I mean, you've got. Don't go near him. I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to bring up bad memories or anything. Don't go near Lars Carries right now. But I'm looking more towards further down the table. I'm looking at Lursel and right. Ryan and you, Dubrovka, uh, Rui Patricio. Like I'm yeah. looking at all these guys, and I'm thinking, yeah, like like 
I could buy two of these. I could own two of these. I mean, you sold me on uh, uh, the Palace Keeper that they bought. I can't say his name. Oh, Guaita. Guaita, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, ben Foster at Watford. Like, like I don't want to own him, but someone's going to want to. I mean, there are so many options down there at the bottom of the table. You might not need to buy De Gea. Yeah. No, I, that's that's all I'm at. I'm just kind of getting a feel. I just feel like that you know that you you do have options. I don't think anybody's necessarily, you know, trying to find a you know. I think last season so many people were on Rob Elliott, and for good reason. Rob Elliott was actually starting, and he was actually four dollars, and that's actually useful to have a player who's actually going to be there that you can count on points, not just somebody that's a you know kind of a weirdo backup or whatever. Uh, but definitely, we can talk about that more when it comes to strategy. I was just curious because Jonas Lursel was such a a big important part of Premier League. He really was, Premier League last but it was definitely feast or famine, right? All right, now I'm going to name a bunch of names that we're just going to all acknowledge are not fantasy relevant, just because we said we were going to cover all 23. You guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. David Let's... Brooks, midfielder for Bournemouth. Who? Yep. Wait, Brighton. You don't want to talk about him? Do you want to talk about him, Brian? Nah, I don't. Okay, good. So Brighton made two signings in our June pod that had no relevance whatsoever. Well, a little bit. Brian tried to convince us that Florin Andone is going to be fine. But anyway, four more signings for Brighton. Joseph Tomlinson and Bernardo, a different Bernardo, in defense. And then Jason Steele, which is a little interesting if you really follow English football, and Hugo Quito in goal. Uh, Joseph Tomlinson looks like uh, a young guy signing gonna start baby with boy the, start with the club. u23s yeah, yeah. no not just a, a guy that could contribute sometime down the road bernardo's a little different uh dave you'll love bernardo's quote after he signed with them i chose the club because they showed a big interest in me and my goal has always been to play in the premier league because it's the biggest league in the world of course it is duh scott you'll like his other quote when i saw the fans the club and the facilities and the sea. Oh. I knew it was the right place for me. I mean, it's Brighton. We're talking about Sussex by the sea. Yep. Like, do we need to play that song again? <laughs> um, we should. <laughs> so the only reason why he's intriguing, one, four and a half dollars, primarily a fullback, self-proclaimed left back, but <laughs> talked at length of his versatility playing basically everything else that has back in it. So he was center back, right back, and played central midfield. Hey, Brian, he's six foot one. Right. And you like that? Football, yeah, I do like size. Football with. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, now that you've said it, it's oh, out there. That, yeah, is, that is there. Well, That's everyone the likes size in their players. Footballwhispers.com reminded us that Red Bull Brazil has a knack for talent spotting. He's coming from there. That includes Football Brazil. <laughs> Red Bull Brazil oh. includes yeah. uh, such talents as Sadio Mane and Naby Keita. Uh-huh. Both come okay. from there as well. But so, more importantly, what what is the first thing you look for, Brian, in a football player? What I'm looking for is is ability. That's yes. the first thing I care right. about, regardless of size. <laughs> so you're saying size doesn't matter? Considering Brighton's smart Pascal Gross signing last season, you might say that the uh, Brighton has has a kind of an eye for talent here. Uh, four and a half dollars. Sophomore slump. Man. One, he's listed as a defender. Two, who's he competing with? You really exactly. did your research Good on point. this. Listen, all Good I'm point, all, Brian. listen, all I'm saying is 
these are the players at some point that are going to make the difference between you owning an expensive guy and a less expensive guy at yeah. some point. So hey, he played for Leipzig last year. I'm listen. I am not saying you are going to start your season with Bernardo in your defense from Brighton, but people who started the season last season with Lewis Dunk or Shane Duffy, who both of those guys provided actual real life ability and value to your team throughout the season last season. Yeah. Uh, if you like own goals, at least one of those guys provided no value to you. Hey, last season. Bernardo. 5.5. I mean, 4.5. Right. 4.5. They start off the, the year at Watford, home to United, and at Liverpool. It's not the greatest. Then they have uh, their home to Fulham and at Southampton. And they have the Spurs. The Spurs will actually be finally be healthy now from their, their World Cup jollies. And then they're at City. So in September, so Kane will score all, a brace. Look, listen, all I'm saying sure. is it's guys like this. That when you're looking at a play, like you know, we talked about. Uh, for me, the the biggest possible name on the on the cheap defender list we talked about last time from Leicester, uh, Pereira. Yeah, guys like that, huge difference makers. Guys that, as far as your as far as your team dollar amount spent, you want players who are playing. I want players who are playing. And if and then again, like if you're looking for a guy who's you know not owned, a guy who's actually going to play. Why not? Yeah, I agree. Cardiff City had made two signings by our June transfer window pod. They've made two more now for our July episode. Uh, Bobby Reed is a forward. And then uh, my favorite name of the window so far, goalkeeper Alex Smithies. Hey, Scott, do your championship conversion for us quick. Bobby Reed scored 19 goals in 46 games for Bristol last season. Yeah, mm. he's going to score five goals in the Premier League. Okay. For what it's worth, he's the other guy. The most expensive player for Cardiff as a new signing, not just their most expensive striker. Five, it's interesting that he's going dollars. from Bristol City to Cardiff City. Hey, I, I don't trust him. I don't trust him at all. Hey, Scott, you know where he spent 2014? Where? Through 2015? Hmm. Plymouth Argyle. Andrew Which means the refs, nothing to anybody. Andrew the refs? <laughs> Club man, yeah. this guy. Where do they play? We might have. Where do they play in League Two? Okay, and thank you. listen, we I think might, it's League One, isn't it? We might have to get Andrew to solicit a Bobby Reed interview. He can be one of our friends of the pod. I'm just uh-huh, saying. Uh-huh. Hey, don't you? I remember last year you were poo-pooing many things from the from the promoted clubs. Yeah, and you had egg on your face at the end of the year. Not really. Now, Glenn Murray is a little different because he's played in the Premier League before. I did get that wrong. Admittedly. Okay, that's fair. Bobby Reed, however, is going to win the Christian Menteke Wasteful Player of the Week award. <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, boy. Okay. And he's not going to score more than five goals all, all right. season okay. long. We'll see. All right. I'm on record now saying that. Uh, we just have to finish up here with Wolves. Two more signings in addition to the three from June, which there were some significant ones we thought, but these two maybe not so much. Leo Bonatini, forward, <laughs> Ruben. Come on, that's right. That's like me saying David Moyes. No, it's not. It's Leo. <laughs> Bonatini. It's Leo. It's got to be Leo. It's not Leo. Look at, look at the look at the the tilde. Leo. Leo Bonatini. Okay. All right. Ruben v- Vinaigrette. That's not his name. Vinaigre. 
Uh, who cares, right? All right, we're done. We've just named all 23 players who've been signed for the summer. Look, Wolverhampton, we need to mention at some point in this podcast, right? They're, they're promoted. We should give them something. Yeah, and we did in June. They had two good signings in June. These two signings, not so much. Okay. Fair enough. All right, so are we owning any of these guys? Of guys that we've mentioned today? Yeah. Maybe Lursel? <laughs> no, I think there might be some guys that, that might surprise us. Uh, I can't wait till Bobby Reed scores a brace, and I'm going to throw it in your face. <laughs> he can score a brace. He's just not going to score more than five goals. Listen, I would love if Jack Wilshire actually matters. I for, think there's a good chance. For West Ham. I would I love really it if do. he did. I mean, I, like. Brian, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to matter until game week six. When right. he blows an Achilles. That hasn't happened in at least two seasons. I nope. hope he doesn't. I can't poo-poo Scott that he, much because right. he easily could. For four straight years, he was right. Um, but the last two years, it hasn't happened. Uh, he's had some injuries. This haven't been significant injuries. But he's missed some game time. He's maturing. No, well, his I, body as, is... As quality goes, no, I think for sure, both of those guys that we talked about for West Ham are... Are quality signings for for need and hopefully something that matters for them down the road. Like Mares, I think we all agree this is dumb, right? It's a dumb, stupid thing for Riyad Mares. But look, Socrates, Dave at Arsenal, I think is right. I think it it definitely is not a it's not a bad signing, right? I agree. At minimum. Like if you're right, you know you love you. You know that's the tough thing with with the significant, uh, like especially the London teams with the bigger club signings. Like there's a little bit of uh, you know, just the uncertainty that's going on with some of the teams, new managers. Like what exactly is this going to look like? Yeah. Um, but the situation is right, so it's not just like you know where Mares. It's like stable manager, system in place, players that you can count on. And now you're adding this guy, and it's just like, it's just, uh, uh, you know, you can just shrug it off. Mm. Some of these other guys, I feel like it's going to take weeks to see, you know, or maybe half a season. But whether or not you're going to start the season with the guy on your team, I feel like that's a bigger question. But listeners of our pod are better off knowing the names of Bernardo for Brighton, Lursel from Huddersfield. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and even maybe El Yanusi from Southampton, although I'm not entirely sold, but possibly. And yes, Ben Foster is well, look, still in the Premier League. Elian Anusi, for sure, given his classification in real life compared to where FPL has put him, it, it changes your it changes the way you look at him for sure. Along with Jop, yeah, Jop for West Ham will be in my the back of my mind as I'm putting my team together. Okay, and along with Fabianski. Well, then we've provided some value. I hope so. Real value to listeners for you this, love for this pod. Ben Real Foster, value, Scott, not fake value. Our don't website. Don't is, sleep on Ben Foster. The, okay, that's fine. Our <laughs> website, fantasysoccerfc.com, is still going strong throughout the summer. Yep, we've been writing some content to help fantasy owners be able to prepare. It's for the been excellent. season. In fact, it's it's been some of the better pieces that have been written. Thank you. I got I got past my whole like how to fix other sports leagues thing. Now we're focusing in specifically on fantasy <laughs> Premier League. And uh, this past weekend, we wrote on the 10, there are 10 players who are priced to start the season at 10 pounds or higher. And so we just took a look, took a quick look at what those uh, players 
might be able to contribute to your fantasy lineups, whether or not you want to go anywhere near them. Sure. And the answer is yes for some and no for others. So you got to go to our website to find out who those guys are, fantasysoccerfc.com. The, the depth of travel into the World Cup, does that matter for any of those players? It will as we get into our preview pod, like, for if, sure. Like if you had to re- review and revise the list, like... It could. Okay. It could. Uh, you know, there. I mean, there guys... Guys like Raheem Sterling are already guys you got to kind of just pause on and see because of his increased price. Oh, yeah. Massive. His rotation. Yep. And, uh, you know, then add the World Cup into that, and you know, it makes you wonder. It really mm-hmm. makes you wonder. You build your Game Week 1 squad for Game Week 1. We've said that for the last few years now. Sure. You don't build your Game Week 1 squad as, like, this is the team that I think will score the most points over the course of the whole season. I've been there. I've made that mistake. You build your game week one squad for the game week one matchups, and, and if you want to add, you know, build that out a little bit, you know, I like to go from international break to international break in the fall because you can do that. There's one international break per month, yeah. so you go game weeks one through four. I'm okay with that, but that's how you build your game week one squad. Raheem Sterling, gotta wait and see. I mean, the guy's gonna play into mid June, uh, sorry, mid July in the World Cup. His cost is eleven. He's going to have the highest it's ever been. That's right. He's going to have two weeks of a mandatory break, which is going to take him into August. The season starts on the 11th. He's not going to play for two weeks. No, I, I think he'll have another two weeks off after the two weeks. I think he'll have a month off. It's possible. And let's be honest, City's deep enough where they can easily give that to him. They bought a guy that's exactly like him. Riyad Mahrez <laughs> is, uh, yeah, not playing in the World Cup. Leroy Sané is fresh, isn't he, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> he's a guy to own on Game Week 1. I agree, 100%. And he's at 9.5, so he's a lower cost. If you're asking me to start off the season, a City midfielders, uh, David Silva at 8.5 and Leroy Sané at 9.5. Save it for the preview pod. And that's the thing. So here's what we're going to do for the rest of the summer. We're going to give you some, give you some pods that are going to show you. We're, we're going to dig into the promoted clubs. Yes. We like to do we that. We always do that leading into the new season. So we're going to do that over the next couple of weeks. And then we are going to do a big blowout season preview pod uh, on the first week of August to lead into the start of the matches in August. What's fascinating is it literally is four weeks away. It's coming. And uh, it's July already. I can't even believe it. The, the, The World Cup summer makes it very easy to, uh, to get through to the Premier League. Next year, we'll just have the CONCACAF Gold Cup to get us through, Dave. Yeah, that will be nothing but crap. <laughs> hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time. <laughs>